Hi, it's David Paul, and this is the Hot Button number 108, Oscars in Pieces. Piece 1. My plan was to write about Oscar last night just after the ceremony. It was all supposed to be over at 8 p.m., and after all, they dumped eight awards to pre-tape to make sure that it would only be three hours. 43 minutes after that 8 p.m. promise, they wrapped the show. But by the time it was all over, there were so many problems before, during, and after Will Smith that I could provide an endless stream of commentary on Twitter, moment by moment, but the idea of summing things up was kind of beyond. I left my home, I spent three hours with the friends, but while the cascade of opinion was enjoyable, it wasn't clarifying. I started writing again at 1am, but by that point I was just making a list of things that needed Marie Kondoing. Truth is, I'm still trying to get a handle on it. I don't want to simplify it all down to a series of absolutes. So, first thing, Don Hudson needs to be fired immediately. She runs the show, and she did not even get up during the commercial break and tell Will Smith to leave the auditorium. This is, among so many other destructive failures for which she never accepts blame, inexcusable. People talk about security and such. This was the 9-11 of events for the Academy, and the idea of being prepared to defend against it is not realistic. I didn't expect somebody to tackle Will Smith. No one could have anticipated that a professional performer would take the stage and slap a presenter violently, then scream epithets from his seat. What matters at that point is the action that you take from that point on. And the adult answer was, you ask him to leave. And if he wins, you tell the audience he's not there to accept the award. Let him do his mea culpa bullshit on the talk show circuit. And frankly, his apology was a load of entitled masturbatory bullshit, any which way you cut it. If he wasn't buried by his actions, he was buried by his excuse making. The room allowed it. Not just as sheep, but as showbiz professionals who keep dancing through real tears. Some were confused. Some were thinking he was doing it something honorable, protecting his wife. But mostly, the option of silence or booing just isn't in the DNA of that group. Had one person had the fortitude to yell, abusive asshole, at him, then he would have, that person would have been booed and shushed and been a hero eventually for the rest of their lives. But no one did that. The Academy leadership released a statement today that reflected their primary skill. They covered their ass, quoting, The Academy condemns the actions of Mr. Smith at last night's show. We've officially started a formal review around the incident and will explore further action and consequences in accordance with our bylaws, standards of conduct, and California law. Oh, fuck them. Seriously, a formal review, California law. Does Hudson's Academy have any standards left? Even with the idiotic Twitter favorite moment thing, they stiffed Twitter when it was presented, not mentioning the company that they partnered with after having told the media that the presentation would not even be in the main body of the show, but in the pre-show, which turned out to be a lie. They're having it both ways, never showing real courage. That is Don Hudson's legacy at the Academy. That is what culminated last night. It was a mess of a show. Opening with a live of their live event, this huge live event, with an onanistic tape tribute by Beyonce to Beyonce for six precious minutes, about double any other nominated song, and not a single image referencing the movie in any way, except that they apparently crystowed some self-central tennis courts to a degree that they can no longer be used as tennis courts or seen as tennis courts. Finally getting to the live show and immediately interrupting it with DJ Khaled mumbling something rappy at the hosts who were just walking into their spots, and they had... No idea what the hell he was doing or how to react to it, apparently. A DJ then doing music for the first hour, supplanted eventually by a four-piece, quote-unquote, all-star band that you needed a roadmap to recognize. 
a set with so many lines going in so many directions that the background image on almost every shot was a massive distraction. A heavily promoted 60-year Bond tribute that lasted about 90 seconds, literally 90 seconds, and had no coherence as a piece of editing, except for little showing the guy in the thing shooting every once in a while, but even that was poorly done, and it was introduced by three extreme sports figures for no apparent reason. And heavily promoted 50-year Godfather reunion that was also less than two minutes before a walkout by three members of the cast, actually not the cast, the director and the cast, just days after others who were missing were online promoting the release of the 4K of the film, providing actual content of value about this legendary movie. They even found a way to fuck up The Godfather a bit more by having it introed by former music superstar Sean Combs, whatever the hell he's calling himself this week. He's the new Madonna of aging once hugely relevant aging old men. And then insulting the original and indelible score of The Godfather by rapping over it. Because apparently The Godfather isn't enough. I guess the Citizen Kane tribute, when they do it, this producer would have Rosebud turn into an NFT because it's so now. Then there's a giant dance number in front of the in memoriam opening with a long, which opens with a long tribute to the great Sidney Poitier, who I adore, but prioritizing him over all the other people whose lives have been lost. Then eventually adding two more individual tributes, also putting them above, not as above as Sidney, all the other people we had lost and tagging the whole thing with a card, suggesting going to the website to see more people that they didn't bother including in the show. And speaking of ham fisted title card games, this is how the show handled Ukraine, with a wordly, badly written series of title cards, again, referring people to some website. That is an epic fail coming from a show that is about a visual medium. If they couldn't come up with a better idea, and I'm not a fan of the idea of a live feed with Zelensky, a one-minute edited piece in that same slot, using footage from what is actually happening in Ukraine, would have been sad and emotional and a million times better. These are just the broad strokes. I haven't even touched on the awards or the hosts or even the detail of the Will Smith debacle that marks the end of the Academy Awards ever being taken seriously unless it digs itself out somehow. I think part of my ongoing shock is that I anticipated a bad award show, I anticipated offenses, and I cleared my head going into the show as I do before every movie I see that I'm wary of, hoping to have to explain how wrong I was and how the film actually triumphed. And this Oscar show delivered every bad choice I anticipated and then managed to go above and beyond in its failings. For me, they all attach back to things I've been writing about for years and years. There are times when you don't want to believe your instinctual beliefs. You want to be proven wrong. You want to be the loudmouth who did, just didn't understand the master plan. But this is sadly not one of those times. Everything starts with how you see yourself, how you see your organization. The Academy had many flaws, from a press perspective at least, in the years before Dawn Hudson's arrival. But since she has landed, the organization has become more and more like the manager she is. She manages up, always keeping those who have power over her in a comfort zone. And she reacts. It's always reaction. Clean up the mess. Don't let them see a sweat. Smile and charm no matter what. Keep moving forward. Never explain, never complain. But the problem is, and ironically, I actually like Dawn as a person in the social world, there is no ground there to step on. There's no integrity. There's no standard. Hudson has absolutely been an aggressive force in changing the composition of MPAS membership. Before the initial wave of this was her onboarding, unfortunately, of friendlies from the independent film gig. And ultimately, she built a wall of protection around her with claims of feminine, being a feminist and an inclusionist. But she has been a disaster. 
the 2020 initiative, spurred by public outcry, not a proactive choice, was promoted in a misleading way, turning into an international embrace, but doing almost nothing for people of color who actually work in and around Hollywood, which is the heart of the organization. To be fair, it was somewhat more effective in getting women into the academy. The museum is wildly over budget, under-delivering mess, starting with a dong-led decision to abandon the land the Academy bought in what is now a thriving neighborhood of growth and to take an old department store, which is one reason why the Academy Museum is seriously flawed, housed in a low-ceiling warehouse-style building that cost a fortune to make safe for the public to use again and allow little creativity by architects or display designers. Because how much can you fit in a 10-foot ceiling room that looks like a movie theater? That's about movies. The giant cement ball that's attached only has two theaters, no exhibits. She's presided over the last decade of serious erosion of the Oscar show ratings, including the last two shows, which are the worst and the second worst rated shows ever. But she still is scheduled to take home another 700 grand plus for another year before a new CEO is in place. Only in Hollywood, my friends, only in Hollywood. I'll see you again in a few hours after I've taken a deep breath and I write part two.